Our text is 1 Timothy chapter 3, <clears throat> verse 16. This is what's called the pastoral epistles. First Timothy 3 and 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Let us pray. We thank Thee, our Heavenly Father, for our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. We thank Thee, Father, for the right and privilege we have to come before Thy throne of grace. We ask You grant us the seeing eye and the hearing ear. Help us to perceive the truths of Thy Word and understand them and apply them to our lives and our hearts. Guide us in the way of truth. We pray for our country that you'd have mercy upon it, grant us leaders that would fear and honor thee. Guide us in our endeavors to serve thee daily. Help us to proclaim the truth of thy word to the lost. Keep us mindful and looking for our Lord's return, praying that we'd be found worthy to escape the coming tribulation and stand before the Son of Man. We just ask you, guide us now in thy word. Grant me the words to speak, the ability to speak, grant us the ears to hear. Help us to bring honor and glory to thy name by lifting up the name of Christ above every name. For it's in the name of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask these things in Amen. What's the greatest mystery? <clears throat> Before the scriptures were compiled in what we call the Bible, they did not have the full canon, as it's called. They did not know things like we know them now. When God created the earth, the heavens and the earth, and all things therein, and man fell, I'm, I suppose the wicked thought that's the end of that so much for your very good creation the crown jewel the woman and the man they're in ruin they're condemned great mystery is that man would have dominion upon the earth man would retain that dominion they did not see that that man would be the God man Jesus Christ when we hear the word mystery, it gets our attention because everybody likes a mystery. Scriptural mysteries. How could the creator of the worlds who spoke them into existence that created man with his own hands, why would he want to become flesh? This one... How could he remain so unrecognizable? How could he perform so many miracles and do the things that he did? I mean, the devil, when he tempted him, if thou be the 
son of God. He knew he was the son of God. Great mysteries there. That's not all. He bore our sins to the cross, redeemed man, and is coming again. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and was and which is to come, Almighty. A lot of mysteries concerning Christ. One might ask, concerning the mysteries of Christ, godliness. Man does not possess it, but how do we? How can we appear righteous before God when we're unrighteous? It's simple as that. Faith in the righteousness of Him who died in our place. Moses was not permitted to enter into the promised land because of one transgression. Just one. We've committed many. Christ raised the dead, fed multitudes, healed the sick. They came to arrest him and didn't even recognize him because Judas said, Who it is that I shall give a shall kiss? He was unrecognizable. Over in the book of Romans, the third chapter, the 20th verse, <clears throat> Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. See, that's probably what the wicked thought when man fell. It was over. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law, even the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference in Jew or Gentile. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by the his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Now, why do we have Scripture to explain all these things? We, we take them for granted. They did not have them in the early days of the church. They did not know all these things. Verse 28, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision by faith. The Jews of the early days, they had the Old Testament law. They didn't have the New Testament. They said, no, law is how we're justified. When in fact, it's put best in the book of Acts that neither we nor our fathers could keep the law. 
Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. We established the law. The law was never abolished. It was set aside. We're under grace. That day is approaching where it's going to change. It's going to go back to Old Testament law dispensation during the what's called Daniel's 70th week, which is the seven years of tribulation. It's indeed mis mysterious. The Old Testament saint was a mystery indeed. For all their lives they had seen nothing to justify man but the works of the law. And though they fell short of it, that's all they knew. It's a mystery. Now man lives godly willingly. See, in the Old Testament, it was done out of a burden. You have to do it this way. I mean, man has a tendency to think that it's all a game. If you obey, you win. If you disobey, you lose. No, it's God's holy law, and it's to be kept regardless. We're to love our neighbor, to, to fear God, love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Keep his holy commandments, put forth good works. In the Old Testament, they often did out of burden, as I said. We do it out of love. We're justified by faith. That's the great mystery. Colossians chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn among every creature. And if you think about it, the firstborn gets the property gets double the double portion he gets he gets the farm so to speak we're heirs with him he gets double honor for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him we who's him Tells us plain there in the Gospel of John, the first chapter. Can be no doubt. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything that made that was made. And the Word, verse 14, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Verse 17, law, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. It's plain. He's the firstborn. He gets the double portion. He, he gets the priesthood. It's all about him. It's that simple. Like I said, the Old Testament law was done out of burden. We do it out of love. Acts chapter 15, verse 5. 
But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise him and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and the elders came together for to consider this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. And now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of, his, of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Now we have the law of Christ. We're not released from the obedience. We're under the law of Christ. Love God, love man. We do it out of love. It's a, it's the harder of the two laws. We think of Christ's birth, it was mysterious. His name that will be given to him in accordance with Revelation 19, mysterious. 200 titles, mysterious. That's the names of the Almighty throughout Scripture. His life was mysterious. Yet he lived just like most all common people lived. We get the new nature, according to Second Corinthians five. He he got our sins. We got his righteousness. Why would I mean? It's a mystery why God would want to do such a thing. Why would He want to redeem sinful man? Well, it pleased Him to do so. We've already looked at that this morning. John's Gospel, the 14th chapter, verse 8. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. I mean, everybody would like to know more than they know, than we know about God. What Christ said was, Jesus said unto, saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? These words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am the in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that he that believeth on me the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. After Christ ascended upon high, after the, his resurrection, like on the day of Pentecost, 
the outpouring of the Spirit, there were more saved then than any one time during Christ's earthly ministry. Of course, it was God working. And he also said, if you love me, in verse 15, keep my commandments. Many will acknowledge Christ as the Son of God and agree with what history says about him and agree with what he said, but will remain in their sins. Basically, snubbing God's great salvation. I guess that's the only way I can describe it. As far as mystery goes, it's, like I say, summed up in John 1, 17. Well, as we just read over there, actually. The law came by Moses, but grace by Christ. It's an amazing that the creator of the eye, ear, brain, body, these things are so amazing to, to understand. Scientists cannot invent anything that can compare with them. It's amazing that this being would endure the cross that he endured for us. Galatians chapter 4. But we take it by faith, which is the greater... Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. The mysteries get more mysterious. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Kind of another passage similar to this. In the Ephesians chapter 2. Well, since we're that close, I'll go over there and read it. Verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of the, this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now some would say we were a child of the devil. Look at the prodigal son. He was dead, but he was always his son. We were sons of God. We were dead sons. But as the prodigal's father said, this my son is alive. Amazing, mysterious facts. How God would justify us. 
us simply by giving us faith to trust in him and his blood. We think about all the works and the creation. They were just a small thing. Saving a man's soul is a far more difficult endeavor. Justification by faith is only God could have come up with it. In the book of Habakkuk, under the, under the Old Testament law, that, that's a, one of them hard books to to find. It's in the Minor Prophets, Habakkuk chapter two and verse four. <clears throat> Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The just living by faith, justified by faith. How can that be? I mean, just simply believing it. We, we looked this morning at the foolishness of preaching. How can... One telling how a man was put up an elder into a cross and suffered an agonizing death. How could that grant life to others? God's ways are far greater than man's ways, and His ways and our ways are not one and the same. Back over in the book of Romans again the fourth chapter <clears throat> verse 14 well let's go to verse 12 uh, hold on a minute Romans four fourteen. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void. If you're doing it by works, you look at it another way. Someone gives you a gift, it's a gift. If you work for someone and they give you a paycheck, that's works. For if they which are the law be heirs, faith is made void. It was a gift. They think they earned it. The promise made uh, and the promise made of none effect. Because the, the law worketh wrath, and where no law is, there is no transgression. There has to be a law to declare a man to be a sinner. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace, to the end that the promise might be sure to all seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. How can this faith justify the sinner? God said so. God cannot lie. Abraham's 
believe God, as we've already read. Look at there in that fourth chapter still. Verse 1, What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he have whereof to glory, but not before God. And what saith Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now, you take the Old Testament saints, they knew the law. Faith just didn't sound... I mean, I've worked like the those that bore the burden in the heat of the day. We've worked all the day, and these come in at the last hour and get the same amount of money we get. Or one could say, I've worked for my salvation, and you're giving it to him for free. God can do this. He, please, he does not have to be fair. But what he says, what he commands, the commandment is made to all. Abraham believed God, and it, his faith, was counted to him for righteousness. Over in Hebrews chapter, I should have read this in the morning's message, Hebrews chapter 12. Oh, what I should have read was there in Hebrews chapter 13. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without her, out the gate. Let us go forth and to him without the camp, bearing his reproach. But what I want to look at now is Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12 and 2. Let's start with verse 1 to get into the chapter. Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about... With so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Everyone has a different race. The witnesses are the heroes of faith. They're in the grandstand watching. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, that we brought out some time back, what we read in the book of Philippians, the first chapter. Philippians, the first chapter, verse 6, being confident that this very thing which he hath begun a good work in you will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. If one makes a decision, they can change it. But that right there tells us if Christ began... He will finish it. Back to Hebrews 12. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's as good as done. There in the book of Romans, the fifth chapter. I think it's fifth chapter. Verse 17, God told Abraham, 
As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before. At that time, he didn't have any heirs. Before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. It's as good as done. I used this illustration before. There was a, in the days of England of old, there was a school for young boys. Teacher gave them a lesson on faith. Held out a pocket watch. Good thing to have at that time. Not everybody had one. Offered it to the head of the class. You want it? No. I'll pass. Next guy? No, I don't want to. They wouldn't take it. None of them wanted to put the man out. Then he offers it to the simpleton of the class, and he said, well, yeah, I'll take it. He hands it to him. One of the students, well, surely he's not going to keep it. Oh, yes, he is. That's faith. You take God at his word. Simple as that. Let us close in prayer. 